chapter 3 and uh, beginning at verse 15. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And also Luke, I mean, excuse me, Acts chapter 1. If you turn to the book of Acts. Chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and beginning at verse 6. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost had come... They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and to the hearing of His written word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, we do thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't leave us here as orphans, but you sent a counselor. You sent a guide. You sent yourself to reside within us, to guide and direct us, and to equip us and empower us, and to call us to accountability in you every day. We just thank you, Lord, that we have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have made your presence known here today. Hide me behind you. 
that your words would come through me for the glory of our Lord Jesus and his Father, that we may be your people, that we may glorify you with our lives, and that your kingdom will come and your purposes be accomplished here in this earth today for your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just lift up everything that's happening out in the annex with the young ones, Lord. We just ask your presence there as well. Fill that place full of your glory. In Jesus' name, and amen. You know, as John was out in the wilderness doing what God called him to, to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. John was baptizing people into a baptism of repentance. And that is important because the world needed to come to that place where they realized that they were separated from God the Father and that they needed to be called into repentance turning from their past lives, walking in the fullness of what God was calling them to because He was about to do something new in their midst. He was sending the Messiah. Jesus was coming to preach the good news of the kingdom. That life was going to change for those who could receive the word that God was sending Him to bring to His people. That no longer... Were we going to worship God from afar? But we could enter into His very presence through the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. That no longer was the Holy of Holies going to be a place that was unreachable by common people. But the veil was torn from top to bottom. And you and I have access to the very place where the Father is at. Jesus was coming. And John was sent to prepare the way, to make straight the way, so that when Jesus came on the scene, that there was people whose hearts were ready to receive. But you know, just as today, there are religious people who are so caught up in their tradition and in their religion that they can't hear truth. They can't be moved by God. Because they're already all right. Just ask them. But for those who God has touched their hearts and they have become broken in the sense of they realize that in and of themselves, whether it's of their own righteousness or of the traditions of their religion, that they cannot stand before God in any way. And they have need of a Savior. And Jesus came onto the scene. And while John was out there baptizing, he said, Behold, there is the Lamb of God. There is the Lamb of God. Jesus walked into John and said, baptize me and John didn't want to baptize Jesus because he in that instant come to know who Jesus was more than just his cousin that he was the Messiah 
He said, nah, I, you know, I have need of your baptism. And Jesus said, let this happen so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. Now, how can the second person of the Trinity need to be baptized? The baptism of repentance. The reality is, Jesus came to identify with you and I. To identify with us. He knows the struggle that you and I go through in everyday life to walk out the holiness that we've been called to. And how our natural brokenness, our natural bent towards sin is constantly bending us away from the Father. And Jesus set forth the example that we should come to repentance Now, repentance, again, is so much more than feeling sorry for your sins. It is a turning away. You know, I I understand that there's a struggle out there to walk in the paths of righteousness. But I also tell you, many of us are not putting up much of a battle, fight. We are yielding to it over and over and over again, failing to ask the Lord to help us in those moments of temptation. We are told that in this life we are going to have trials and we are going to have troubles. The enemy has been left here for a season and that season is to tempt us. Now, I admit, like some of you, I I would say, God... I mean, if you want us to turn, why would you leave him here to constantly be drawing us away? But as an act of us being able to love him in a more perfect way, there had to be some form of opposition out there. So that we would choose to love him more. Than our old ways. Are you willing to die to self? Because your old ways will lead to death. Spiritual and physical separation from God. But in repentance, we make a 180 degree turn. And no longer are we walking in rebellion... No longer are we walking in our old sin nature. But we are running towards God with everything that is in our being. And He doesn't in any way make us do it under our own strength. Because to those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, He has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness in our lives to the power of God's presence in us. The Holy Spirit calls us on our crap. And I don't know how else to put it because that's what it is. He calls us on that. The things where our natural nature takes us in a direction that is counter to the will of God. 
Holy Spirit brings conviction in our lives. But again, not to tear us down, but to call us into accountability to the one who loves us so much that he gave us Jesus. To pay our sin debt on that cross, to give us the Holy Spirit that we may have a guide, that we may have his very presence living inside us and that he may give us gifts of ministry for his glory that we may do exploits things that are well beyond our own ability our talents for his glory so that people's jaws drop to the floor you might say Well, Jamie, that's not necessarily a reality in my life. Well, I have news for you. You have the opportunity to get on board. You can sit in the grandstands if you want to. But you won't be glorifying God there. He wants you to be participants in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, each of us has a place. Each of us has a mission to accomplish. God uses us in the places where he has planted us. In your workplace, you have been called to be Jesus there. In your workplace, you have been called to be Jesus there. Now, I know we have a sizable group of retired people here. You know what that means? It means you've got more time. Oh, yes. I'm retired and I know. Again, it's in the sphere of influence that he's given you. The people you come in contact with every day in your life. And if you choose to seclude yourself... And you're not involved engaging in this world, then yes, you have a limited sphere of influence. But you and I have been called to touch our neighbors. You, and when we go to the store, we have the opportunity to bless everyone we come in contact with. We can choose to be a pain or we can choose to be a blessing. We can be an old sour puss or we can give them Jesus. You know, you can turn somebody's day around at the grocery store because, you know, when you get behind somebody who, you know, they've got a basket that is so filled and they seem to be so confused about whether they've got everything... And you're in a hurry. And you, you get impatient. And you can look like yourself or you can look like Jesus. You have the opportunity to choose who you're going to be. They thought that John was going to be possibly the Messiah. But he says, no, I'm not him. I'm the one who was called to prepare the way. 
I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. But when that one comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You know, some of us are on a real low setting. There's not much flame happening. It says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Maybe some of us need a fire lit under us. We need a fire lit under us so that we will become the people of God. It is one thing that you're a good person. I mean, that's all well and good. But will you please be Jesus to a lost and dying world? Will you let them see that He's alive? You've been called to be part of the body of Christ. You are a member of Him. You are supposed to be one through which grace and mercy flows through you. You are a conduit of His great love. We have the power to bless and to curse. Let's choose to bless. In the book of Acts, we have Jesus... on the Mount of Ascension getting ready to leave. And I'm not sure they fully understood what was getting ready to happen in their midst. And they asked Jesus, Is it now that you're going to restore the kingdom? You know, they were... He, he died on the cross... He was resurrected and a number of times over a 40-day period he was in their midst teaching them the truth about who the Messiah was and about the kingdom. And yet, here it is. The final moment. And they ask, is it now you're going to restore the kingdom? They were still so fixed on Israel being the center of the world instead of what can we do to be the kingdom? He said, It is not for you to know the times that the Father has fixed by His own authority. In other words, don't even worry about that. Focus on the things that you need to be focused on. Being a conduit for the Holy Spirit to touch this world. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and even to Samaria. And then he didn't limit it there. He said, then, even to the remotest parts of the earth. Some of us have a hard time doing it in just Jerusalem. 
our own city, our own little place that God has given us. Charles Finney said that a Christian should shake the ground for ten miles around. And I got news for you. He said that in the early, early 1800s. Way before we had telephones and cars. He said that a Christian then, when it was by walking, and if you were well off, maybe you had a horse, that you could shake the ground for ten miles around. Your sphere of influence had a, had a realm of at least ten miles. Today, your sphere of influence is far greater. Are you shaking the ground around you? Are you shaking up this world Say, preacher, that's what we pay you to do. My job is to equip you to go out and to do that. You are the ones that's called to minister. Now, I am to be right out there laboring beside you. But my job is to encourage and equip you to go be the hands and feet of Jesus. This world will never change until the church looks like Jesus. If the church keeps looking like the church, people will be turned off. Today, a church is closing in our county. Pisgah West is closing out by Borough. They're having decommissioning service today. A little country church is closing up and dying today. Now, there are not fewer people living out there today than there was a hundred years ago. The fact that that church is dying has everything to do with the people who attended there. They dried up. We know that this church closed once too. It was decommissioned. But it also was resurrected. To new life in Christ. You have a choice today. Are you going to be one through which the Holy Spirit is working? Or are you going to sit on the sidelines? On the day of Pentecost, they had been in the upper room for approximately ten days. Now, there was about 500 there that witnessed the the ascension of Jesus. But by 10 days later, there's only 120 left. You know, a 10-day prayer meeting will thin the crowd out. (laughs) I venture to say 
If we went an hour in prayer, we'd thin the crowd out. All we have to do is say, oh, meet at the church at such and such time for prayer. I guarantee you, the number will be few. But there were 120 people in the upper room. And they were praying for God to send forth His Spirit. They didn't know what that was going to look like. And they didn't know what that was going to mean. But Jesus said, Go wait. And I will send you the Comforter. The Holy Spirit is going to come to you. And on the day of Pentecost, Jews from all over the world were gathered there for the Feast of First Fruits. And they were anticipating a wonderful event. They had no idea what was about to happen. And here in the book of Acts, Luke records, it says, And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It didn't say a big wind swept through the town. It said a noise like the Holy Spirit announced His coming. He didn't secretly slip into town. He made an announcement. I'm here, folks. And all these religious Jews are thinking, What the heck is that? So they're walking through town following that sound. And they come to the very place where the disciples are gathered. And Peter finally gets up and he takes his stand and raises his voice and he declares to all of them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose. For it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, I will pour forth my Spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my bond slaves, both men... And women, I will in those days pour forth my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above. And signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness. And the moon into blood. Before that great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. We had the early rain, and I believe you and I live in the season of the latter rain.
a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the close of the church age when you and I look more and more like Jesus like the first century church did that we are focused on being his hands and feet more than we are on focused on living life for ourselves being ambassadors of the kingdom being there to meet the needs of a broken people a broken society loving them back to health in Christ you have neighbors around you who are hurting and because they are your neighbors and you have a relationship with them it is quite likely that you're the very instrument that God is choosing to touch their lives like I said churches are closing everywhere the traditional church is dying but those who allow the Holy Spirit to live in not in residence in the four walls but within our own physical bodies or do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit welcome him in Allow him to move and have his being in you for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of your written word. We thank you for the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for the manifestation of his great power in and through your people. Lord, no longer do we want to sit on the sidelines, but we want to be in the center of what you're doing. Open our eyes to see where you are moving. Lord, you're inviting us to walk beside you in this process. You're calling us to be co-laborers with you in this great mission of salvation to a broken world. In this great mission of bringing healing and wholeness into the lives of those who are broken. Lifting the spirits of those who are battling depression. Those who feel that there is no reason even to live any longer. Lord, help us. Move us. Flow through us with your love and grace. That this world may be changed. Through you working through us. For your glory. Not that we would receive any credit, but that you would be glorified because of your great work in your people. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And amen. Will you take the hand of someone next to you?